You're listening to the Dwell on These Things podcast, a regular dose of Christ-centered encouragement to put your mind in a better place. Listen in as Pastor John Stonge shares Bible studies, interviews, training, and some of his most recent sermons. We're glad to have you with us today. You're listening to the Dwell on These Things podcast. I'm John Stonge, and today we have a very special guest with us. In fact, uh, it's a good friend of mine, Dr. Brad Miller. He's the host of the Voice of God Daily podcast. And uh, Dr. Brad and I are going to be speaking together next month at PodFest in Orlando. The two of us were given an opportunity to share about faith in podcasting and how we're using podcasting as a, as a way to, to share our faith in Christ and helping to, to disciple believers and, and provide encouragement. And, and so I thought it would be enjoyable for Dr. Brad and I to just sit down today and have a little bit of a conversation about our experiences in ministry and our experiences in podcasting and some of the things that the Lord's been showing us and teaching us all along the way. So, Brad, thank you so much for joining us here on Dwell on These Things today. Well, John, uh, what an honor and a privilege to be with you. Oh, you, uh, you uh, in many ways, are a trailblazer and lead the way for uh, many of us who are into uh, podcasting from a faith-based perspective, and appreciate the work you do, and enjoy getting to know you. I'm really looking forward to working with you, and not only this, but uh, next month at PodFest and some of the things we may work on in the future here. Wonderful. Yeah, and, it, and I'm really grateful that you're willing to carve out time today just to, to be a guest here on the show and have a conversation about these things. And I wonder, just to, just for starters, just so you, uh, my audience knows who I am. So tell us a little bit about who you are and, and some of the things that you've been doing in ministry over the decades. Uh, well, I appreciate the opportunity to share for a minute about my story in faith and ministry and in media, I guess you, you might, you might say, and, uh, I'm, a been a pastor, uh, for, uh, 41 years now. In fact, I'm retiring uh, this year from active uh, local church ministry. Uh, but um, all that time in ministry, I've had an innovative kind of uh, leaning towards things that are creative in order to try to bring people to Christ. So for instance, I was involved with camping ministry a lot. I was involved with youth ministry in my younger days and involved with um, church planting since the 1990s. And in the church planting piece, a lot of some of that was media oriented, meaning live drama and videos and so on, and early web web uh, use of use of the web and audio uh, in order to attract attention of non church people and speak their language. So I've always been interested in that and being connected to, to, to that way. It goes all the way back, really, to high school. And I'm, you know, even back in high school, I was on the high school uh, radio show in my high school. And then in college, my college. You have a good voice for that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you have well, that radio presence. <laughs> uh, in my college, I think yeah, this is the mid, this is the late 1970s. I'm pretty sure I had the first uh, Christian, contemporary Christian radio show in that town, Evansville, Indiana, and at the at the campus radio station. Then I worked in, my college job was in radio instead of flipping burgers or something like that. And that was a, a lot of fun. And throughout my ministry, although I never worked full-time in radio, I always had my uh, voice or my hand in it. I would do local radio gigs at whatever local town I was at. Sometimes they were, uh, um, you know, just a re renewal, uh, rephrasing of my 
morning message. And sometimes I would cut commercials and things like that. But I really became you know, involved with the radio for the last 40 something years, to be honest with you. But in the last 10 years, I became really interested in podcasting because I just saw that as the next stage. And I've always been a little bit of a person to kind of see, uh, look for what's innovative and what's working. And so about 10 years ago, I became aware about uh, podcasting. I started a podcast for myself. as was a high school at the time. It was a podcast just to kind of interview his lacrosse team and uh, the coaches and so on. And then that led me to do some other podcasts. I've, I've launched about six or seven podcasts in the last uh, several years, and some of them kind of business related, some of them related to my church. And the one we've referred to uh, here uh, is called voiceofgoddaily.com, which is a daily Bible study, uh, reading, breath prayer, uh, breath prayer, and a sharing of a resource of which uh, you've been one of the people whose resource I've shared your book. Yeah, so that was, that was that, wonderful. That was, that was a, a nice little, uh, surprise. A little synopsis of what I have uh, done there. But it's all about about trying to share the gospel in some creative mm-hmm. means, in, in my estimation. Well, you you know that that I'm a big fan of podcasting. I know that you're a big fan of podcasting. Absolutely. And, and um, it's it's something that I don't know that I fully appreciated how much of a ministry and how much of an outreach and how much of an, an encouragement it could be to others. When I first started podcasting, I, I certainly had thoughts in my mind that it had the potential for that, but then to see what can really be birthed from it and how the Lord can use a medium like podcasting to really encourage his people and build even a sense of community. And and so I'm, I'm curious, and I know that to a degree you've already kind of answered this, but on a daily basis, you're creating a daily show and you've created other shows as well. What motivates you to stay faithful to it? What motivates you to continue podcasting? Well, I think uh, as I've I thought about a little about this, but even uh, before we uh, engage in our conversation here today, because I thought, okay, what are we going to talk about here today? Why do I do this? Because there are days when it's a bit of a grind. You know, it's a daily thing. You do a, to be honest with you, as a pastor, you have the weekly uh, rhythm of doing a sermon on Sundays, and that you know at times it, even that has its uh, challenges. But uh, I choose to do a, a daily uh, a daily podcast to kind of keep me disciplined, mm-hmm. but I know you do pretty much a similar daily devotional uh, type of podcast. And I got really motivated by you and some others out there as well. But I began to think about, okay, what is the mission? What's the, you know, what's the great mission here for me as a Christian and as a pastor. And uh, it's, you know, the, the great commission is simply to go and make disciples of all people. Mm-hmm. And how do you reach all people? Well, there's all kinds of ways, but audio that could go around the world, our voices right now are literally available around the world. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of ominous, man. That's kind of cool. Cool. But I just thought, okay, if I'm going to take this seriously and I need to do something about it, this great commission. And then the great commandment is love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And how can I do that? Well, in my case, uh, I just decided to try for one year. I made a one-year commitment this calendar year of 2022 to do a daily Bible podcast. Part of it, I'll be honest with you, John, is to get my own Bible reading back, back on track. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, I have my own disciplines and so on, but sometimes they've fallen off. Uh, I'll just mm-hmm. be straight up honest with you. I think and, all of us can identify with that. Yeah. Sometimes we 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 feel really on the on the ball with those things, and then other times things happen and, and our patterns get interrupted. So I think we all can identify. 
Yeah, well, I found myself kind of doing my Bible study more for the study for my messages and things like of that. Of course. And then I needed to get more edification myself. And so mm-hmm. I decided for my own edification and to share the good news. And also because I was motivated by some people like you, and there was a few others who I saw who were making an impact because I feel like if I'm going to do this, I'm not going to do it just for my own edification, but I want to make an impact with it. And I thought, okay, what can be my unique position on this? And what I decided to do is just to do a New Testament reading from the lectionary, uh, which is the selected text for every day of the year, mm-hmm. and uh, from a modern translation, the message or New Living, uh, New Living Bible, and uh, then a breath prayer, and then share a resource. Mm-hmm. It usually takes six, seven minutes uh, to do that uh, a day, mm-hmm. and I have my methodologies batch recording, so on. I know that you do uh, as well to do it, but that was my my mission, you know, was what's the great commission? What's the great commandment? And how can I live it out and keep myself on track? It was some of the things I did with that particular podcast. Yeah. And, and one of the things that you, you mentioned there just a moment ago was the fact that the, the things you're recording from your office can be accessed anywhere in the world. And one of the things that I'm, I've been immensely grateful for in this world of podcasting, I'll look at the metrics and I'll look at the analytics and things like that, that my, my hosting provider allows me to see. And so I get to see who's downloading it in, in the sense of, you know, it shows you what countries or what states people are downloading it from. And it, it shows you where, where the shows listen to, where it's popular, where it's not popular. And one of the things that has amazed me in producing some of the content that I've been producing over the, over the years is that there are places in this world where you could get in trouble if you're pretty overt about your Christian faith. And there's yes. some places in this world that, that, that would be you, – you might get threatened, you might get harmed, you might get imprisoned if you're walking around with a Bible or, or uh, sharing the gospel quite openly – and yet I look and I see some of this content that I'm creating where I'm either reading the scriptures or I'm praying or I'm preaching the gospel, and I see it downloaded in places in this world that if you were doing it in other ways, you'd kind of you'd kind of get in big trouble or, or you yeah. might get in big trouble. And so one of the things that's been motivating me lately is just the thought that when I'm recording this content, I, I'm getting behind the lines. You know, I'm, I'm, getting, uh, I, I'm, I'm getting the gospel— into places where other means tend to tend to take longer and uh, tend to be a little bit more challenging, and so it, it, in some ways, even though I'm I'm here in my office in Pennsylvania, it makes me feel a little bit like a renegade. And and isn't, uh, that, isn't that awesome? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> isn't that awesome and cool when you're in metrics? You see that blip come up from uh, Asia or uh, African continent or any, you know, or it, across the whole United States or Canada, or whatever. That is just so awesome and cool. And once in a while you'll have somebody, uh, some other word gets back to you mm-hmm. about someone's been, been impacted. I'm curious, John, tell me about, I bet you there, uh, you've got a story to tell about how someone who unex- you didn't expect to uh, reach out to you and say, okay, what you did touch me. Do you have a story like that, John? The, so one of the things that has amazed me, in doing this is how many people reach out and how many people send those notes and send those connections. And, um, and it's gotten to the point now where it's essentially every day and sometimes multiple times a day that I get to hear from listeners who live in places that I would never go. And I I was rereading one that was sent to me uh, from New Zealand and uh, it was sent to me actually a year ago and it came up. I I shared part of it, uh, a quote from it online. And it kind of came up as a reminder. And the person said, 
essentially, and I guess I'm paraphrasing here, but they said that they have been they have gotten to the point where they've recognized that they need the Lord in their life and they are using the content that that I am producing to help them grow in their walk with him because they've spent their life up to this point distant from him. And this was also sent at a time when mobility in New Zealand was highly limited and they Mm -hmm. weren't able to do things and get around. And so they were able to access this content that I was producing. And they said that they were daily listeners. They were listening every day and they were seeking to grow in their walk with Christ. And it was genuinely helping them. And they just wanted to send me a note to say, thank you for producing this. I know you're on the other side of the world, but this is helping me right here where I'm at. And it's now part of my daily routine. And it's messages like that that I find immensely motivating. So there are some days that I might be tired and some days I'm sure you're tired and you think to yourself, oh, do I really want to do this today? It might be okay if I skip a day. And then I, I think of that note and I, I have this mental image of, of these people that are waiting for that content the next morning. And I think I can't not produce it. I have to produce the content. There are people in, in places I have never been that consider this a very helpful tool and an important part of their day. And I don't want to let them down. And seeing that the Lord's given some traction to these things and open doors to serve people this way, I've started to realize this very well may be the biggest ministry he's ever entrusted to me. And I want to be a good steward of it. Yeah. And how many times have you been personally to New Zealand, John? Zero times. <laughs> Zero times. I have never been there. And here are here you really developed what you described as really kind of an intimate uh, relationship in many ways with this person, and uh, how that that can happen. I think this has been particularly magnified in the last couple of years with the COVID crisis and with all the other things going on in in the in the in the world. Uh, we at least have this means that God has given us this means to communicate fantastically and cheaply and uh and and with quality mm-hmm. uh, around the world through podcasting that uh, is really <laughs> awesome i mean, just think about you know in my old radio days the little radio station i worked at uh, in a small town uh, indiana uh you know our radius was maybe 10 miles okay mm-hmm. even then got quite a few people calling in but i'm just saying to compare that to what we're we're doing here 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 now and th- that is that's awesome. And it, it, I think you had touched on something that's so important to keep going. And that is motivation mm-hmm. because there is a different kind of motivation when we do this. I'll speak for myself here. Mm-hmm. There's a different kind of motivation. Um, when you talk into a microphone and maybe look at a, at a zoom call screen or something like that, then when you are speaking in front of a live crowd, you know, like mm-hmm. I've done and you do, and turns of we're both a local church pastors, mm-hmm. a certain amount of energy and you have the, maybe fellowship time before and after. And that's a great thing. I certainly advocate keep doing that. Of course. But the motivation of a connection that you feel is more than just a one way, Lisa, I'll speak for me. You know, if I feel like I'm just speaking to a microphone, it's just a piece of metal and I'm talking <laughs> into it. And, uh, but if I get some reaction out there that, that keeps, keeps me going. And I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and you were talking, you use the word, the the kind of intimacy that we could have in this form of communication. I think there's something unique and special about hearing a person's voice. So I do a lot of I do a lot of writing. I think there there's value in writing. Mm-hmm. You know, I blog, I write books, I do different sure. things like that. But there's something new you learn or experience 
about a person and uh, and and it when you're when you have the opportunity to hear their voice and hear the inflection and just kind of hear the tone and 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 hear uh, you know a little bit about how the Lord has shaped them. I, I'm even thinking of this um, in how the Lord communicates to us. You know yes. uh, at how the the presence of the Holy Spirit uh, he you know he operates like a still small voice. You know, we hear the voice of God. We, we, we hear him as he's speaking to us. And, and there's something about the voice. And um, I'm, I'm even thinking about this, you know, you, you just recently started your voice of God daily podcast and there you are audibly reading the scriptures for people, seeking to encourage people, leading them in prayer. I think there's something that helps you develop a connection with those that are listening to your shows because they have the opportunity to hear your voice and hear you as you're leading them in worship, because you're also personally worshiping. I wonder what some of your thoughts on that might be. Well, yes, uh, the affirmation is there. There is something powerful about the voice. In fact, I did some particular research biblically and so on about the voice of God daily. In fact, there was, um, I ran it by my wife and she at first blush didn't think of such a good idea because she felt it's kind of presumptuous for me to say, you know, you know, like I am the voice of God or something like mm. that. Well, as I looked at the uh, scriptures and so on about, you know, just the voice of God sp- does speak through people sure, and does speak, uh, it speaks through books and teaching that way too. The voice speaks that, that way, of course, but there's something to be said about the resonance of the human voice and the reception into the human ear. Mm-hmm. And then it goes, and I think straight to the heart. And I think somehow it's magnified. Think about singing. Think mm-hmm. about in uh, certain traditions, Jewish and some others chanting, mm-hmm. you know, how that is such an important thing. Think about how in, in the, the, the rhythm of the voice mm-hmm. uh, that is so important to have all that type of thing. Well, we have that opportunity here for our voices to resonate into the hearts and minds of people. And if we allow ourselves to be a conduit, John, mm-hmm. I know you hear me and I want the folks out there to hear us too. Good, my, my good people out there, the voice of God can resonate in you and through you if you allow it. If you allow it. Now we got to be that conduit. And and I think that's where we have to um as pastors, as leaders, as podcasters, have to say, okay, this isn't about me. Okay. And this is what kind of my wife and brother's trying to say. Don't let it be an ego thing. You're not the voice of God. <laughs> you know, uh, like you know, my kids would sometimes, you know, give me my uh, authoritarian type value, you know, what do you yeah, of course. you think you're God or something, you know, whatever. Right. And maybe I would at times, but whatever. But my point is, we're, I'm not God, you're not God, but God does speak through people, mm-hmm. and we need to hear that. And there's also one other point here I want to make. I would call it the magnification situation here, where that can be magnified, because many people do listen uh, to podcasts and things like this, uh, either you know, uh, in some intimate setting, meaning the car, or maybe they got their headphones or their earbuds in, uh, you know, washing dishes or working out or something. And there's a little something to be said about the voice, about the audible voice going in your head kind of directly, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, kind of uh, directly. And I think there's maybe even some studies, physiological studies about that. But I, the word I would like to lift up here for us to think about in this, this particular part of a conversation is magnification. Mm-hmm. How God's voice comes through our voices and gets magnified in the hearts of the listeners. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a, 
a, a useful way to put it. And I, you know, and I'm thinking too. You you and I have been serving in pastoral ministry for a while. Uh, I've yes, been yes. serving in pastoral ministry for 25 years. You've been serving for 41 years. You said yes. And one of the things that in recent days I've I've been trying to encourage other church leaders to consider is some of these things that you and I have been dabbling into as far as podcasting and and some other things. And I've got a variety of things going on online that I'm trying to digitally deliver because it's a a very useful thing to do. And I often phrase it this way to myself. I think if the Apostle Paul was alive during this era of time and he was tasked with sharing the message of the gospel and discipling new believers and training leaders— what tools would he use to help him do that? And, and what tools would he, would he utilize to help him connect with the most people in the, the most efficient means of time? And I look, at, I, I look at the opportunities that we've been given through podcasting, blogging, websites, online discipleship tools, anything like that. I look at that and I think this is a fantastic tool that the Lord's entrusted to us in this generation that previous generations did not have access to. And so I look at that as a good stewardship of, uh, of technology. And I, I wonder, you know, what kind of counsel would you give to other pastors or church leaders or people who have a, a, a calling that's similar in, in regard to using some of these things that you and I have taken to? Well, I just think, uh, John, you just got to go right to the core of what Christianity is about, is to share the good news, okay? To be an evangelist, to be evangelical, Mm -hmm. is to spread the good news, okay? It's not to hoard the good news. It is not to contain the good news. It is to share the good news. Mm -hmm. And so I see uh, we work called and the, the tools before us are available to make this available in all kinds of, of, of ways. Let me show you just a couple of biblical foundation, one, uh, one act, a couple of biblical references, but then also one uh, biblical experience I want to share with you to help me think about this in terms of how uh, Jesus may have been, you know, I love your neighbor, your uh, website is desire Jesus. I love that mm-hmm. because if we get our focus on what Jesus actually did and said, it, it's, it's amazing. And some of the things that Jesus said and talked about were, were things that, you know, let your light shine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let your light shine from uh, Matthew 15. Or there, there's also scripture from uh, Luke eight about don't, uh, don't hide your light uh, under a bushel or a bed and put it on a light mm-hmm. stand. Okay. That means to illuminate the world. And, you know, the whole salt and light scripture is about to, you know, illuminate and to, to uh, 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 savor uh, mm-hmm. the gospel. But I also had experience uh, a number of years ago that helped me think that, okay, this isn't just pithy, interesting, good sayings that were written down that we consume that way. Now, you know the story about the Sermon on the Mount, of course. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was in, in Israel. Uh, I've been there twice, but the last time was 2013. I'm just curious. Have you ever been to Israel yourself? I have John? not. Nope, I have not. I would really encourage that for not only the biblical resonance, but also how things, some things come to life. Hmm. And we went uh, to the place that's traditionally known as the place where the uh, uh, Sermon on the Mount uh, was uh, shared. Uh, and of course, you know, the, the, uh, the Beatitudes came out of that, the greatest sermon ever. Mm-hmm. And it's actually an interesting place. It is uh, right now on the Sea of Galilee or Tiberias Sea. And, you know, and that the, the setting is like a 
the the uh, places on the side of a mountain, the side of a hill, and it's like a concave place. So what I'm getting at, it's a natural amphitheater where mm. the uh, the tradition says this is where it happened. And literally, even today, or 2013, I was there, uh, you can go there and a person can be at the place where they right right by the sea kind of the you know kind of the speaker's podium if you will Mm -hmm. and if people are out in this concave kind of area you can speak in a loud firm voice and people 300 yards away can hear you clearly Mm -hmm. okay it's a natural amphitheater so if that's where jesus was at in one way or another jesus it says you know he fed the five thousand, he preached to the multitudes Okay, and then we know he set the disciples uh, in charge to go and spread the good news. Okay, that's what the biblical times and more recent times, you know, people, circuit writers in my tradition, others have gone to spread the good news. Okay, Mm -hmm. they go and use the means at their behest. And, uh, you know, in in the last century or so, there have been radio preachers and TV preachers and so on. I don't agree with all the the theology and that kind of stuff, but I certainly you can't argue with some of the effectiveness there. Use mm-hmm. the tools that are here, everybody. And you need to do that in the local, not just in kind of you and I uh, uh, podcasts and kind of a uh, vein of uh, a teaching and so on. But I think even local churches could make a good use of it as well. I know that many, many do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we've, we've, uh, I, I could testify to that even on the local church level. One of one of the things that we have found to be a useful outreach is some of the content that we're putting out online, you know, through a variety of means. And uh, in in recent years, we and we were doing that prior to, you know, twenty twenty. That w- that was something that we were yes. involved in prior to that, and I believe you were as well. Yes. But one of the things that I was actually excited about for years, I would host training on these sorts of things with uh, pastors and church leaders. And I would tell people, Hey, you know, consider doing this, consider making this content available. It's not going to cost you a lot of money. It's something that, that with a lot of times, even just with the smartphone in your pocket, you could even produce some of this content and people would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I remember when everything shut down in 2020, I quickly held two nights of training for all these guys, some of which I had already uh, had training with in the past and they weren't listening. <laughs> and then when that became the only option for a little while, there were a group of guys that were like, all right, we're ready to listen now. We're ready to listen yes. now. And so I remember that first Sunday when when so many churches were going out online and sharing things on Facebook and sharing things on other social media. I, I remember being very excited because I thought, you know what? There's a lot of things I don't like about this season right now, but one thing I do like is that the Lord is forcing us all to go out. It kind of reminds me of, you know, some of the scriptures that I see, like in in Peter's letters, you know, when Peter's writing to believers that are scattered all over the place. Well, they were being forced to leave what was familiar to them, and then the Lord used them as that scattered seed of the gospel to proclaim the gospel in places that they really only went because they were kind of nudged or forced to go there. And uh, it was interesting, you know, a couple of years ago to see the church forced to to kind of break out of the four walls. And some of these churches, it'd been a long time since they had been forced to do anything like that or even think that way. And so I'm grateful that there, these opportunities were there for people to do that. But it'd be nice for us to just continue to build on that. It's like, all right, now you've gotten a taste of that. Now you've gotten the experience of doing that. And by the way, I don't think anything beats face-to-face fellowship. I think that that should be the priority. And I want to, you know, kind of throw that in there. I don't think that online, online church is not really 
that's not the essence of what church is. That's a supplement. It's not a replacement, but it can be a useful outreach tool that can, for some people, be their first introduction into church life and into the message of the scriptures that can ultimately result in face-to-face, ongoing, covenanted fellowship. Yeah. Let me reflect with you on that a little bit. Just some awesome re- reflection you have uh, there. I, My guess is when you did uh, workshops and whatnot about uh, media and things before COVID, uh, the basic uh, reception would be kind of lukewarm or that's too much trouble or <laughs> of we, course. Don't really, we don't really need to do that, that kind of stuff. Or, you know, it's good for you, but, you know, we'll just keep doing what we've been doing. But when crisis comes, creativity arises too. We see that in our world uh, without going off of too much of a tangent, but in our economic systems and our situations of racial harmony and the war in Ukraine and places, people are getting awful creative out of crisis. And so it is in our churches and in the business world, you know, everything else had to get very creative about how to do ministry and out of chaos can come some creation, mm-hmm. I believe. And that's what's uh, happened here in, in, Many ways. Yeah, I got those calls too. I got those calls too, and I did a couple of workshops too. I hadn't done anything prior to that for a while, but I got those calls. In fact, in my particular case, John, and uh, I got a call about two years ago, uh, just before Easter of two years ago, from the bishop of my church. He had responsibility for all of our churches in our state. And uh, he says, uh, You know, I, I want to get the word out. And so I made him a guest on my podcast. And we've been podcasting almost every week since then. And then a few months ago, he launched his own podcast of which I host that. And so now that influence, you know, and his kind of his platform as a bishop means that he has all these connections around the, around the world. So I know, even though the bishop of my church is a good personal friend of mine, we went to school together. I know I would not have got a call from him about being, uh, about doing a podcast together if, uh, if the crisis hadn't to come. So God can use anything, right? God, God can use any, uh, any problem we have and, you know, and overcome it and help us create something new. If we choose to participate. Uh, one more thing I'll share with you, because I think I want to reflect with you about the local church stuff. You, you said about the personal interaction and about how the use of uh, things like podcasting and media, livecast, and so on is important as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think anymore, John, I've come to the conclusion, I really believe uh, for many churches, uh, it's really going to have to be a both and. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to be a both and. What I mean by that is the healthiest churches are going to have a live element and an online element, and they are going to have to be integrated in some way or another. And uh I'm thinking about a new church plant that started in my community um, not too long before the COVID crisis started. And anyhow, right now, I would say they're a pretty well-established church. They're about four years old now, but they transitioned during the COVID crisis. They always had an online piece, but now of their congregation, which is a couple hundred or so, about one third or so, 50 to 75 worship on any given Sunday morning, but about 200 and one form or another worship uh, online uh, on any given uh, weekend. And, uh, and then they have other, you know, not only in-person uh, fellowship and Bible studies and so on, but online as well. And I think we're, gonna, we're evolving into some sort of a uh, uh, new thing here. And 
I think for the most part, it's a good thing. That's what has to happen. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things I look at and I say, all right, it's not a replacement for in-person worship, but it can be a useful tool for outreach. It could be a useful tool for maintaining connection when people are traveling or, or away. And, and you probably noticed this too. I have noticed in this day and age that most people, before they ever visit our church in person, oh, yes. they check out everything that we put out online. And so I've had people that knew a lot of details about me before they ever walked through the door. And uh, I've had to get used to that over the years, realizing, all right, these are people that have been following that content uh, for a while. And uh, then finally, you know, came and visited and, and became, uh, a, you know, a physical part of our church fellowship. But I, I actually find in this day and age, if you really want to be able to meet and connect with people, it's a, it's very helpful as far as you know. Even if you're 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 prioritizing the in person fellowship, it's still beneficial for that for you to have an online piece because that's typically the first connection that you're going to have with most people. I really think it has to do with you know taking the gospel seriously as well. If you're going to be a, you know if you're going to be a pastor or a church leader in 2022 moving forward, because the challenges to the church are immense, are mm-hmm. immense. Uh, then you have to have a few basic technological aspects going on. And it's not all that hard anymore. I mean, you got to work at it. You don't get me wrong, but you need to have a website and your website could be a Facebook page. Okay. Mm-hmm. It just can be. It could it's, be. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm just saying you doesn't have, you don't have to hire a web developer and all that kind of stuff. Right. And get on WordPress and so on. It, your website can be a Facebook page, but that's kind of a minimum thing. And then, uh, then you also have to have some uh, form of getting that word out, such as Facebook Live or a podcast or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're a place where people can get information and a place to share your, your information. And yeah. I think that's going to be basic. I mean, yeah, I think so too. I, I think going forward in, in this uh, information age and digital age, I, I definitely think you're correct. Well, it, as we as we finish this up here, I just want to ask maybe like one more quick question, and it, it's related to podcasting specifically, and that's this. Are there things that you have experienced as a podcaster that you don't think you would have ever been able to experience any other way? So ministry things, relationships that have been built, things that have come into your life that you look at and you say, you know, if I was not actively involved in podcasting, this this wouldn't have happened for me. This was the catalyst to that thing. Absolutely. And part of it is what we're doing right now, my friend. Mm -hmm. I've been able, you know, I've uh, in my little world, my little bubble, I was uh, relatively successful in ministry, making connections in my local area and and so on and so forth, and making those connections. But I've chosen to be intentional about uh, making connections through uh, the podcast world, which I have found extremely beneficial, not only in kind of faith-based podcasting, but I would call it my, my evangelical podcast. I have another podcast where I interview authors and other leaders. I call it Beyond Adversity, and I interview uh, uh, persons not only of uh, faith-based uh, 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 process or books and so on, but it might be doctors. It might be uh, people who are into spirituality of different sorts. It might be people who deal with uh, financial advice and so on, or depression, mental health issues, all kinds of issues. And I've been able to talk to leaders around the world in that, in that podcast, but always, 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 I have an element in the uh, interviews that we do. 
And that, that can be found at drbradmiller.com if anybody does want to check it out. But it is called Beyond Adversity. But I always have an element with every single person I've ever talked to. And I've been fortunate to people around the world, including some pretty prominent people. We have a conversation about faith because I have a big belief that every person, no matter what they're coming from, uh, has a yearning, a, a yearning to connect to something greater th- than themselves, or they have a story about how that's impacted what they are about. So I've seen that as an evangelistic tool. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of have a strategy about my podcast. My the the Voice of God Daily uh, dot com is my podcast, which is kind of my daily devotional Bible study. Mm-hmm. Then the uh, the the, the uh, to be encouraged or the uh, I have the podcast to do with my bishop. It kind of deals with our denominational kind of thing, our bishop stuff, our church stuff. It's called to be encouraged dot com. But but the uh, the beyond adversity one is my evangelistic one where I try mm-hmm. to reach across uh, lines here. So my point is, I've been able to talk to uh, people around the world of all different stripes. Some people I've had great agreement with, some people disagreement with, but I think everybody brought something of value to my audience. And what everybody in my audience, I hope, heard is also my value of having a faith-based stream that goes through that. Mm -hmm. It's my hope and prayer that that will make an impact to others. But the main thing I just want to share with you in terms of the question that you asked is the connections, man. I mean, you and I are going to be going to uh, make some connections at a podcast conference, Mm -hmm. and we're going to be able to share our faith before a number of people from around the world. And uh, we're going to be able to do that in the context of podcasting. And I just don't think that would have happened otherwise. And uh, I I love that. And, uh, and I'm so inspired by people like you and some of the other faith-based people I've encountered and others as well learned so much. I've learned so much the last few years since I stepped forward in this. And, uh, but the, the word I would give is connections. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a, a huge benefit that can come from kind of, you know, sticking your neck out and doing some of this, uh, uh, you know, just podcasting and, and other online forms of ministry and, and things of that nature. And so uh, it, it's amazing, you know, the people that the Lord brings into your life and the people that you have the opportunity to meet and the opportunities and experiences that he gives you, that this could be the catalyst. I, You know, one of the things that, that came to me, the opportunity to write my most recent book with Penguin Random House. The reason that they offered me that opportunity was because of podcasting. You know, that's how they, they were aware of uh, me or my reach or, or, or anything like that. I don't think they would have offered me that opportunity to write that content if I wasn't involved in podcasting and connecting with people outside of just my local area, like you were talking about. I, I think they wanted to, to make sure, you know, if, if we take a risk on you, that you're going to be connecting with people outside of just your, your local area. And so, um, yeah, wonderful opportunities. And like you just mentioned there, we have a great opportunity, you and I, next month. So I hope that if listeners are are thinking about that, and if you're praying for us, uh, Brad and I are going to be speaking before, I don't know how many people will be in our session, but I know they're, they're planning on at least 3,000 people being at this conference. And uh, he and I are going to be part of a panel on faith and podcasting, and we're going to be speaking at PodFest in Orlando at the end of May. And what a great opportunity to be invited to do that and to to get that opportunity. And so we want to represent Christ well. We want to uh, 
uh, speak to the group of people that are there and hopefully encourage them to consider following Christ and and uh, just pray that the Lord gives us the words to say and, and the example to set and uh, that maybe people, you know, in a context like that, I know they don't really want us preaching, so we probably won't be up there preaching, uh, but at the same time, people follow up on that, and they, they kind of look into to what you're doing, and they want to see more about you if there's something that you say that resonates. And so I, I'm really hoping that the Lord gives us the opportunity for follow-up conversation with people and that that really turns into something where we have the opportunity to point people toward Christ through an opportunity like that that connects directly to the fact that we took the step of faith to podcast. Well, Brad... Thank you so much for being a guest today on the show. I'm super glad that you're willing to carve out some time for us. And again, where can listeners follow you if they want to follow up more on all the different things that you're doing online? Well, I would say that my primary uh, website is just my, my name, drbradmiller.com. That's where my uh, Beyond Adversity podcast lives. You're my fortunate name. that you have an easy-to-spell name, because if I give people my name, they would never spell it correctly. <laughs> well, but I did have to uh, – but the other part of that, my friend, is that uh, – you know, Brad Miller is an extremely common name, so I was fortunate to find the doctor part. So okay. I'm not trying to be too conceited about it, but I do have an earned <laughs> I do have an earned doctorate. So I said, "Well, make it drbradmiller.com." So I'm hoping that gives me a decent uh, identification that way. And eventually, everything I have is going to live there. And then the, my daily biblical uh, podcast is voiceofgoddaily.com, just like it sounds voiceofgoddaily.com. That's my daily Bible study. And Wonderful. I just want to just want to thank you, John, for having me on uh, on your podcast here. And I just think it's important to people to know that you are a leader in this whole field. God has done some great things through what you have been involved with. You're, you're making some impact. And I, as far as I'm concerned, what motivates me, a part of what seeing you and some other people, is having an influence and an impact for the only cause that really matters. And I thank you for your leadership there. Well, thank you, Brad, and uh, thank you so much for your encouragement and for the example that you set as well. And I hope that listeners will check out your your website, drbradmiller.com. And uh, Brad, it was just a pleasure to have you on the show today. It's a crazy world out there, moms and dads. I'm Catherine Seegers, host of Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.